till I'm free and I'm bound. Ain't nothing that can take me down. I'ma find another way around. Roblox won't stop me now. Hey everybody, welcome back to Off Kilter No Filter. Um, this week we are talking about 1990s music and I'm kind of excited about this. I was excited about the 1980s music, but I was kind of, I don't know why, but more excited about this one. And I am Tammy and... I am Byron. No. <laughs> <laughs> I never know how to introduce us, I know, honestly. Right? I really I'm, never know how to go with that. Some, that, some days I'm like, yeah. am I Byron? I don't know. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> some days I don't want to be Tammy. Right, Yeah. So I, I just, I, it's not that I want to be somebody else. I just don't want to, I, I, I want to be, but I don't want to have a name. Yeah, thing, if yeah. that makes sense. Just for ten minutes, mm. just to float as some kind of weird benevolent spirit. Yes, yeah. For ten minutes, I, and then I'll go back to my body. It'd be great. Right. Mm. <laughs> this is brought to you by the Transcendentalist uh, podcast. I'm kidding. There you go. <laughs> Are those still or the around? Ghost. I know it was like a big yeah. I remember that was like a big thing in the yeah. 70, the 70s, the seventies, yeah, seventies. Oh sure, there's all you know. That's what hipsters are trying to be, and there's there's still some you know. I mean, people are all about you know, meditation and forgiving yourself, mm -hmm. which might have gone a little too far because pe people are forgiving themselves for some shit <laughs> out there. They are seriously. Oh, I'm so sorry. I just have to forgive myself for being racist. No, I have to forgive myself for being this way. No. It's like, oh, fuck you, man. No. You can forgive yourself all you want. I do not. No. People conflate this. forgiveness with atonement, or not conflate, confuse yeah. forgiveness with atonement. Yeah. Forgiveness comes after so atonement. You have to make amends or reparations. You know, since yeah. that's a trigger word yeah. for some of y'all, you have to do repair first, then. Yeah. You can seek forgiveness, and by the way, the person doesn't have to forgive you. Well, sure, no, they don't. They do not. That is their that is their prerogative to not mm -hmm. forgive you. Mm -hmm. But I had a great time this week mm -hmm. getting this this you know things together, and I have to tell you. So last night I was doing you know some last minute to get this my list and just excuse me my thoughts together mm -hmm. right about nineteen nineties music. Uh. <laughs> And I was I was sitting on the bed and I had my really good speaker. I, I love this speaker. I don't know if I can say it. Is it free advertisement? I think it's okay to say it, isn't it? It's free advertisement yeah. for them. I love this speaker. This speaker is Tribit. I got it on uh, Amazon. Mm -hmm. T R I B I T. And actually, they advertised they the the person that does um, electronics reviews and stuff in the Dallas Morning News said it was a fantastic deal too. It was like sixty bucks, I think. But the sound that comes out of this thing. Is fantastic and it's Bluetooth, so I can carry it anywhere I want. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I've hooked it up to lots of different devices, but enough advertisement for free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had this sitting next to me, and I was I was like, okay, I want to get really, you know, it's one thing to kind of research whatever. But I really wanted to listen to some stuff, so I was playing some music from the 1990s all over the place in that decade. And Liam came home from work. And he's sitting there, and first of all, I have it up really loud so he can hear it. You know my house. My house, you can hear everything everywhere. So he's downstairs, and he can hear that. So he comes right upstairs, and he looks at me. And I'll tell you what song it was in just a little bit. This will be our segue to the music itself. Uh -huh. He's looking at me like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to this song, and he's like, look seriously, looking at me like I'm absolutely 
insane for listening to this kind of song, right? Uh-huh. Because I guess he didn't realize that, you know, it's it's not uh, <laughs> that the nineties the nineties had had some humor to it. Uh, it had some, mm, you know, had some whimsy to it. Uh-huh. So the song that was playing when he came home, was and how, I had it up really loud. Was it how bizarre? Was no, it was Humpty Dance. <laughs> By Digital Underground. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying this song, right? This novelty rap <laughs> <laughs> song. And uh, he's like, look at me like, what the fuck? And I go, okay, all right, all right. You're going to look at me like that? Here's something else for you. And I told him, I said, this song was very popular when I moved from Texas to Michigan. Was extremely popular when I got to Michigan. Michigan's a little bit behind mm-hmm. as far as you know mm-hmm. uh, when things come out, and that's that's fine. But I I had to I was subjected to this song constantly. I hate this song. Oh, I know this one. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you do though. There's a lot I hated, but a lot I like too. But this one, I I I, I had to play it for Liam because I was like, the bad part is I know the chorus just because. It was played, overplayed, ridiculously played, right? Mm-hmm. And it launched a career that launched another career. Mm. And that would be fucking Achy Breaky Heart <laughs> by Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> so when I played that, Liam looked at me and I said, See, I told you I could wipe that what the fuck look off your face because now you're looking at me like I'm ass crack crazy. <laughs> Especially when it got to the chorus, you know, don't tell my heart, my achy, breaky heart. Oh, my God. Liam was just like almost running from the room (laughs) screaming. (laughs) I remember that I was at a daycare and that song came out in Mm -hmm. what, 91, 92, somewhere in there. Something like that. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. That's about when I moved. One of the one of the uh, caregivers. That was that was her favorite song and so every time she oh. bought the the single god damn she, you know and, and of course all the kids because we don't know any different or whatever and, yeah. and you know kids mm-hmm. when you, when they see their parent when they see adults enjoying things of course kids want to want to join mm-hmm. in too so i just remember True. that's the only thing i knew achy breaky heart and i know what achy was <laughs> i couldn't and breaky wasn't a word but you know i was like four or five so i didn't know any different and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and yeah heart oh okay and the only reason why I made that connection is because I watched Captain Planet. So, yeah, <laughs> I remember that song. And as I got older, I was like, "Oh my god!" Hmm. I mean, it is cheesy country mm-hmm. pop, I guess. But yeah, what the hell? Yeah, it works. It's terrible. What song did you think I was gonna say? That Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I knew that's the song that you thought I was gonna say because you know what? I did play that for him too. And he's listening to the music, and he's like, yeah, that's pretty crappy, but it's not as bad, obviously, as Achy Baby Heart. I said, oh, yeah? I said, you haven't had the visual yet. Oh, right. Oh, man. <laughs> and I played the video, and he's just like, what? <laughs> and I said, that happened, and we let that happen. Right. <laughs> and not only did we let that happen, that was very popular. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody loved that song. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, but 
not so much anymore. And I said, the word thing is too. So he's listened to it and he's like, what is, what is the deal with how he talks? <laughs> I said, that's the thing. It's a white kid from Richardson, Texas. He graduated from fucking J.J. Pierce, and he's going to sit there and talk like this, like he's from some kind of ghetto hood, and he's oh, not. Oh, you're talking about... <laughs> to me, that's... I, I, at Bill first, Ice. I thought you were talking about... <laughs> I thought you were talking about Billy Ray Cyrus for him. I was like, he's from Richardson? Oh. Because <laughs> you were talking about that song, and then, and then my dad... I told John to get any sleep. So, yeah, this is the <laughs> off-kilter part. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, well, even with <laughs> Vanilla Ice, he even, he even took that to the movie. Uh, what was it? Yeah. Cold as Ice? No, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, we look, we, we have it listed in the 80s. Part. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it, was, about it, uh, it was terrible. You just look at him, it's like, mm-hmm. sir. Sir, to me, it's almost an insult. It is an in insult, way. but in the nineties, you know, it was to talk like it that. was it was not it wasn't fine. But the thing is, um, the group of people who had a problem with it didn't have a voice the same way they do now. You yeah. didn't have Twitter in nineteen ninety, sure, sure. right? So, right. Twitter, Facebook, exa- Instagram, none exactly. of that social media. Yeah. So, and that's the whole thing about cancel culture, where it's like it's not necessarily who's being canceled it's who's doing the canceling uh that's right. the that's right. what it is but again it all boils down to power and power dynamics so oh sure absolutely with vanilla ice plus like we've also we being millennials quote unquote we grew up with vanilla ice so we one didn't know any better <laughs> because we were kids when he was doing it Two, it was entertaining because we were kids when he was doing it, and three, we let it go because we were kids when he was doing it. That you see the yeah. common theme. Yeah, so when true. people bring it up mm-hmm. now, they go like, "Oh, well, that wasn't a problem, or that wasn't offensive. It always was. We were just kids, so we didn't realize what yeah. was happening." Right. That's the same thing with the Pepe Le Pew story or the Dr. Seuss thing that's going around. Mm-hmm. They were always "quote unquote" offensive. You just didn't realize it yeah. because you were a kid. That's it. Right. That's true. That's, That's it. True. It doesn't make Absolutely. it any less. It's like, it's, it right. still is. I didn't realize it. <laughs> I did kind of realize it. Huh? Well, the 1990s, the 1990s are very interesting to me because I guess because of the, it's just like any decade with music, really. And I'm sorry, but you're going to probably hear a leaf blower in the background <laughs> because my lazy ass neighbors have their lawn done by people, you know, who are hardworking people, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with them, the lawn people themselves. I'm not fine when my neighbor says to, to my husband, oh, you work from home, lazy, huh? But he all, he has somebody clean his house and somebody mow his motherfucking lawn. So, you know, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And the only complaint I have with his lawn service is, for whatever reason, half the time they can't keep that leaf blower just going at a steady pace, which would be fine because then you get used mm. to that. But they like to do the went, 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 And then you're like, okay, keep it. Oh, God damn it. Because then they go went, went, went again. And it's like, are you serious? <laughs> this is ridiculous. So... You might hear it in the background, but anyway, <laughs> as 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 all decades, well, I'm just you. You might hear it in the background, but um, as all decades are, obviously, you know, they start one way and end another mm-hmm. for the most part. I can't tell you how that worked in the 2010s, but maybe I'll research that someday. But the 90s were interesting because they do kind of start with that new Jack sound that we talked mm-hmm. about in the 1980s and stuff, mm-hmm. right? So you know, with that is like I like a. Uh, um, with Belle Biv DeVoe, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
those those kind of of songs um you know motown philly those those things which are very new jack city and then by the time you get to the end of the 1990s it's it's a very different sound Mm -hmm. and there's also the different groups that are in there so like you have like feminist rock with alanis morissette Mm -hmm. and then you have you have this weird change in the 1990s with rock and roll when you have you end up with like Alice in Chains, Jane's Addiction, that kind of well Jane's Addiction is more early 90s. But uh you know those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I mean oh god, can you hear that? I can on my end. Yeah. You can. No, I can't. Oh good, that's good. And maybe other people won't. But I mean it's it's very it's very uh you know uh, there's there's you know you go from like things like Macarena, mm-hmm. right? Um, to uh, Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. you know who did uh, um, the the song on the uh, Wake Up from the Matrix CD, um, as well as you know things like uh, Madonna, who changed in the '90s. At the beginning of the '90s, she's doing Vogue, which looks very Madonna-esque. Her face looks normal, and then by 1992, she's doing you know deeper and deeper. Shaves her eyebrows off. Looks really weird and does a sex book. <laughs> I think she was going through some kind of weird midlife right. thing. Which um, Vanilla Ice was in that book. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, she had a picture of her, Vanilla Ice, and Big Daddy Kane. They posed together. Because people were surprised to see Vanilla Ice and Big Daddy Kane in Madonna's sex book. Was was Vanilla Ice naked? They, they, were, they were tastefully nude. I think they... Because like she was... Because, of course, at this point in her career, she's a sex symbol. <laughs> he was... He was I don't think he was necessarily shirtless, but he had on like a uh, an open shirt thing, whatever. Um, I think they were like in um, um, night nightwear, like he was in a robe or something, and it was open. Because of course he was trying to be like a sex symbol too, and Big Daddy Kane was in it, um, and he I remember he was in a, a, a like a robe or whatever. Did I say nightgown? Robe, robe, nighttime attire. <laughs> Nightgown. Did I say nightgown? <laughs> I don't know. Well, if, if if we did, I meant to robe. Nighttime attire. I think it's been a while, but oh. I remember that was um that was the topic because they were talking, um, well they so VH1 years ago did I love the '90s after they did I love the '80s mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. talked about um Madonna's sex book because that was with uh, erotic. And um, mm-hmm. her video mm-hmm. being banned from daytime uh, MTV right. and whatever, and so that that was that was a big thing because people were surprised. I think, and I I could be wrong. I think Tupac was in it, but I could be wrong on that. It's been it's well, been a while. I never read the book. I but, googled yeah. it. I googled it. Uh, Jesus, she went through some shit, didn't she? Not not that I'm complaining. I mean, I you know <laughs> that type of thing does not bother me. But let me let me Google this one. Now, see, they don't have pictures with. They have pictures of Tupac with Madonna. Okay. But I don't see any pictures of him in the book. In the sex book, but I do with Vanilla Ice. Those pictures are all over the mm-hmm. internet. My God, what the hell happened to her? She looks so weird. What? <laughs> She had her cheeks pumped up or something. She she went through her um her different phases in the nineties because she she transitioned from sure. the material girl of the nineteen eighties and do, and being compared to uh, Marilyn Monroe right because that was her thing for a good while, and then in the mid nineties um, she converted to 
I think in 96, 95, 96, she converted yeah. to Kabbalah because that's when that started getting yeah. traction, at least in the in uh, the American sphere. And um, I remember it's like she dyed her hair black and her her music had gotten really kind of mm, not dark, but um, mm, spiritual. I'll put that with the with air quotes and an asterisk. Um, I did like her Ray of Light that, album. I'll be honest, came, I did like that. That came one. after that because it will, and that was. Well, that was after she had her daughter mm-hmm. too, and that was like a return to form for her. But because she had dyed her hair black and got all again yeah. spiritual with air quotes and an asterisk, um, Ray of Light came <laughs> out in ninety nine, yeah. two thousand. Well, two thousand, and mm-hmm. so that was because um, she dyed her hair blonde, and now she's back to. And it came out before that because I, Ray of I Light. Moved oh, it did. That, that was like ninety. Was that ninety eight, ninety nine? It was ninety seven, ninety seven, ninety eight. Somewhere yeah. in there, because it was. Um, I think it was 99. Uh, I think yeah. it was that because I was yeah. in 7th grade. Because, uh, it was in 99 into yeah. 2000. And I still... Actually, Feb- it, it released February 23rd, 1998. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I lived in Rochester Hills then, so I, I, I my life is, you know, before moving to Cook Road <laughs> <laughs> and after. Because I moved to Cook Road in 1999, December 1999, so right before Y2K. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, the, I, I was not into Nirvana mm-hmm. when Nirvana came out. Um, I, I was not into the grunge thing at all. I'm not a fan of Pearl Jam. I'm not a fan of Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spice Girls were a little out of my wheelhouse because by then I was into, uh, you know, doing other things. So I never really got into Spice Girls. Although, you know, like the idea of them or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, go chicks. But I wasn't really into them. I liked Alana Morissette, but, you know, again, wasn't fully, you know, uh, uh, submersed in Alana Morissette. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked TLC. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big fan of TLC. Still am. I should say was. <laughs> <laughs> I am a fan of TLC. Boy bands, I wasn't as much. Mm-hmm. Um, only because, you know, by then I was like 30. Well, I was 25 when I had, in 1994. So by then I was like, hmm. You know, they're they're much more for not me <laughs> as a grown up. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously when it starts the nineties I'm all about Metallica for sure. The their black album, Enter Sandman, um, mm-hmm. is very popular and stuff. I was not into Cher doing you know, beginning like the auto tune thing with Believe. Although it was an okay song, but it was yeah, you know, not me. Mm-hmm. I am into kitschy things though. I'll be honest. I like doing the fucking Macarena. <laughs> I did. I loved Mambo Number no. Five. I really, I'm a big fan of that song. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but I am. I, I just am. I'm a big fan of Mambo Number no. Five. Um, and let's see. Uh, I liked On Vogue. I thought they were pretty good too. Who? Um, On Vogue. Oh, In Vogue. In yeah. Vogue. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I'll allow yeah. it. Uh, potato, potato. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I w- I did like Notorious B.I.G. I love the song Hypnotize. Who doesn't? That's one of my favorites. I... Yeah. And then um, I liked the Tupac, Dr. Dre, California Love. Yeah, that was everyone good. loves that one. Uh, of course. Well, I mean, you know, it's fun. Yeah, those are, those are um, definitely, <laughs> they're 90s staples, but like, it, they're, the production-wise, um, 
they're mm-hmm. still they still sonically they sound they still sound pretty current. Like yeah, you know they came out in the, mm-hmm. oh yeah California came out in ninety six. 90, yeah, ninety six, like and then so. Hypnotize mm-hmm. came out in ninety seven because it came out right, right before he was murdered. Yeah, mm-hmm. like ooh, I think the, the well, summer I mean, before, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, you know, every parent, every every person out there that you know is not threatened by this person. I did like getting jiggy with it with Will Smith. <laughs> I was fine with that. <laughs> Nobody I is, did get jiggy with Will nobody Smith. Nobody is threatened by Will Smith. Yeah. Nobody is threatened by Will Smith. And he actually has a song about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, about not, you know, being threatening. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Which is so hilarious. Um, but yeah, well, it, 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 it kind of is. It is. It's hilarious funny. just I, how absurd yeah. it is. But yeah, it's hilarious. That's, that's... That, that you had, that you have to like, that he, he, you know, he is so non-threatening that he's advertised as non-threatening. Mm-hmm. You know, by by white people. Yeah, like okay, okay. <laughs> they all like Will Smith because yeah. he doesn't cuss in his rap. Right. And then Eminem said, "Well, Will Smith doesn't cuss in his rap. Well, I do. So fuck him and fuck you too." I'm paraphrasing, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, the okay. So I left out Eminem. He started I, I have in ninety nine. Relationship with Eminem. Yeah, I have a love hate relationship with with Slim Shady. Well, see, <laughs> that song Slim Shady. He grew. He 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 got the chance mm-hmm. to because of course when he he did the same thing that all all especially in the rap genre they do the same thing when they yeah. come out as kids. You know, they're it's mm-hmm. fuck the world and you're gonna listen to me. I'm edgy, whatever, 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 whatever. <laughs> as they get older yeah. and they have kids and it's drive minivans, and especially if they have daughters. It's so funny. I swear. The universe works in such a funny way, right? All mm-hmm. the all the the male rappers crack me up because you know it's like I'm a fuck a bitch, fuck a hoe, da 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 da. And then they end up with daughters. Okay, we can't do that anymore. Exactly. <laughs> you can't be pimping when you got a daughter because what you gonna pimp exactly. your daughter? Exactly. Yeah. It was like you don't want people to do to your well, daughter what you were gonna do to somebody else's daughter. Exactly. So it is hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, they're not so tough. They're not so tough when they're driving around in a Dodge minivan well, either. And, and, you and, know? Because then you're just like, oh, so well, you know, they, where's your ride? Mature. Well, you get, hopefully, you get older, you get <laughs> sure. wiser and mature. I mean, Snoop yes. Dogg, when he, he came hopefully. out, he was doing all of that. Snoop is is eternally or perpetually zen. And he has, oh, a mm-hmm. daughter, right? Um, mm-hmm. Ice Cube has a son who's an actor. He also has a daughter. I don't know her name. Um, Eminem has a daughter, Haley, who he references in his mm-hmm. music. Um, mm-hmm. Who else? I mean, I know there's more, but those are like the prominent ones. Um, oh, sure. I don't know mm-hmm. about the newer rappers. I don't follow the new rappers. Um, so, you know, y'all can email us that. But as far as, you know, people maturing, because you even listen to, if, if they are still putting out music, which most of them are, um, they're mm-hmm. talking about fatherhood or they're talking about structural mm-hmm. issues they're talking about um spiritual issues like which um snoop dogg put out a gospel album he said that his his grandmother i remember yeah, that. his grandmother mm-hmm. he he said in an interview like his grandmother couldn't listen to his music because of what he talked about so he did a gospel album for her uh, mm-hmm. before she passed and i was like there you go that that is maturity. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens when you get, hopefully, that's that's the part of becoming, as Toni Morrison put it, you reach this sweet place known as adulthood. 
So there you go. Yeah. And, you know, that persona that you portray doesn't necessarily have to be who you are. Of course. Off the microphone. Uh, and that's a lot of yeah, rappers would say not... that, like, especially especially mm-hmm. with rappers um, in the because it started. Well, hip hop started in the 70s in earnest, but like mm-hmm. it as it evolved through the 80s and then towards the end of the 80s into the early 90s, <laughs> then it was gangster rap. From Sugar Hill Gang. Right. Yeah, from Sugar Hill right. Gang to Ice Cube or Ice T. Yeah, well, then it was gangster <laughs> rap, or it was given that mm-hmm. that title. Um, but they always said the same thing. It's like, it's the same. It, for us, it's the same as playing um, a character on TV. That actor is not really a drug right. dealer or a rapist. Sure. They're an actor. So it's the same thing for us. The only difference is we have real experience because this has been in our communities yeah. and this is us talking mm-hmm, about it. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. the only difference. Who's who's the who's the young rapper? He looks like a human doodle. Went to prison recently. Oh, ugh, Takashi six nine. Yeah, okay. Rainbow Bright. So yeah. <laughs> I just think I just think of him as a human doodle. <laughs> but uh so so a kid like that. Uh-huh. For me, I I always I I kind of I feel bad because even even if he didn't go to prison, um, it's it's all they're I think they're taking their persona possibly too seriously. Yes, is that part of yes. it? To where yes, you can grow up in a bad neighborhood and shit like 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 Tupac did, mm-hmm. right? I mean, but he he you know he channeled that there, into there his was music. A, yes, exactly. Whereas somebody you know, Takashi Six Nine is a front. Yeah. But I mean, it's like it's like, but he's it's it's too much of who he he wants to mm-hmm. be that it makes it kind of sad because now he's he's you know a prisoner of his celebrity, know, a young lost prisoner, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just I you know I don't know it, it, that kind of thing. It's just like really I, why? Mm-hmm. But I guess you got to make it how you want to make it. But at the same time, I just kind of feel what well, that's know? the same thing with with but, Drake. Like and and, and mm-hmm. I mean to make the comparison between the two, it's more so just to say they're putting on it. it Drake, as far as I can tell, obviously I don't know him, but mm-hmm. he he's not lost in his persona, from what I can tell. Obviously, I don't mm-hmm. know. Him. Um, from what I've seen, right. comparing him to to to, to Kashi Six Nine, he's not he's not a prisoner of his persona. It's still fake, mm-hmm. like. Drake grew up in uh, Toronto, Toronto, Canada, I believe. Um, he did have, or like his parents, I believe, were divorced. Um, so mm-hmm. like his mom, like he'd had a single mom or whatever. But he was a child actor. Like he was on, he was on television <laughs> at fifteen. Um, his mother yeah. was a teacher in Canada, which um, the mm-hmm. way. Uh, Canada does its schooling system is starkly different from the way United States does theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, because he like his songs, you know, he puts out like we started from the bottom, now we're here, and you know, like I, you know, I, I did time on the streets or whatever. It's like yes, the streets of Toronto, not the streets <laughs> of Oakland Canada. or Compton or Chicago or yeah, Flint no, or you yeah, know, like you you didn't you didn't have to go to bed at night in Cabrini Green exactly. Wondering if you're gonna wake up the next yeah. day. You didn't have to sit below the level of the windows. Yeah, exactly. To keep from getting shot yeah. by a driver. Exactly. That's in not your experience. And again, <laughs> like you, you've been in the entertainment business since you were 14 to 15 mm-hmm. years old. So mm-hmm. that 
is a very different experience. Now, if he's speaking to as far as his level of popularity as a rapper being taken, I guess, quote unquote, seriously as a rapper, if you want to spin it that way, I guess, sure. But his persona of being like, because it's, it's built into the culture. Like you have to be tough, well, right. hard, as we say. And it's like. Otherwise you end up like Will Smith. Right. And it's it, it, liked because you're not. Rough. Yeah. And the funny thing is like Will Smith, even though he doesn't have the, the hard exterior like that, he's very successful. He's turned that he's turned his rap career yeah. into a very lucrative acting career and jumps back into, into music mm-hmm. uh, when he sees fit. It's the same thing with LL Cool J. LL Cool J um, went through his, I guess, metamorphosis, if you will, Um, because when he he first came out, he was he was, you know, loud and rowdy, too, as a teenager or like a young a young adult. And then, you know, he brought it back with I need love. And then everybody's like, oh, you soft, you this, you that. So then he flips in and comes out with Mama said knock you out. Well, now he's hard again. And now he now he's <laughs> I love both. that song. Right? I love that song too. But now he's now he's both. He can be, you know, ladies love cool James, which is his name, and he mm-hmm. can also knock a motherfucker out. I you've seen this man. Oh. He's he's seriously like three sizes smaller than the rock at this point. Did did he did he do Gangster's Paradise? No, that was Coolio. Coolio, okay. Which right. was also a great song in the nineteen nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess we could do a whole uh, another episode of One Hit Wonders. He's not a One Hit Wonder, but we could do One Hit Wonders in the 1990s because you already right. mentioned Vanilla Ice and uh, and Billy Ray Cyrus, but Rico Suave. <laughs> my, yeah. Oh my God! I was going to mention him next. I love Rico Suave. I love that video. And that dude was a little bit hot. I'll admit, that dude was a little bit hot. And I was only like 20 years old when that song came out. So, mm. Well, okay, yeah. Macarena, Mambo Number no. 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, did Sir Mix-A-Lot have anything but Baby Bug Got Back? Because that's the that's only the one only I remember. One. He's, he's the one hit wonder, too. Unless you're... But that, you as far as a hit goes. Like, it doesn't mean that... You know, obviously these people didn't have other projects and albums and, and songs. It sure. just means that you're one hit wonder because that that's your only song that charted that's all I remember. at well, yeah. um, either number one or in the, the Billboard, t- the top 20 of the Billboard Hot 100. Like like Humpty Dance. Mm-hmm. And that song, uh, Jump Around. Yep. Uh, that, that song. Um, yeah, I wrote some of those because I was playing them for Liam, all these one hit wonders. And he's like looking at me like, oh my God, I'm so glad I wasn't around the 90s. I'm like, that, those the songs are. The 90s were, it honestly is like the last, arguably the last great decade for music. Honestly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I agree because I can't, I can't name something from 2012, I'll be honest. Nope. I can't. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I cannot name a goddamn thing from 2012. So if somebody knows a song that was, okay. Here's the thing, though. Criteria. It's got to be good. <laughs> don't don't name a piece of shit, right. you know, from the night from 2012 just because you like it. Name something that I would have heard. Okay. Um, well, 2014. You couldn't get away from it. It's Taylor Swift. Shake it off. Oh, see, I, I don't really care for the song all that much, you. but it was a hit. I'm not a Swifty, and I've only listened to like parts of Taylor Swift songs that they play in like commercials. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a commercial on the classic rock station I listen to in Dallas, ninety two point five. And occasionally they'll play what is it like 
then they're, they're part of one of her songs goes you've never seen another something like me or so i don't know i don't know <laughs> i was told it was taylor swift <laughs> i'll be honest with you i wouldn't be the only thing i've ever liked taylor swift in was two things one she was a new girl because she ends up being cc's fiance's you know lover mm -hmm. and then um also uh her <laughs> when she was on family guy oh i didn't see that <clears throat> yeah, so those are the only two things I know about Taylor Swift because, you know, my my kids, okay, this is part of it. My kids being 10 years apart, right? Mm -hmm. I know what, what Liz was into back in the 90s because she was like, you know, and early 2000s. I can name a few things from that because she was like, she liked um, Green Day mm -hmm. and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. Their late 90s, early 2000s, moving into like 2010s. Uh, so I can name some stuff that she liked. She liked Lizzie McGuire um, and stuff like that. But then there's like a big, huge gap until Liam gets into music. But Liam's a little different when it comes to music. He He's not like, he's not into like popular music. Mm -hmm. my, my son is a, a huge fan of like John Coltrane, <laughs> Miles Davis. You know he's he's jazz. Mm -hmm. my, my Liam likes jazz, and then the music that he does like that's not jazz is not something that you would hear on the radio. Mm -hmm. I think everybody goes through At that all. kind of phase too, just to discover something different. Yeah, well, I mean he's sixteen, so mm -hmm. usually by sixteen you're you know jamming to something on the radio, but he is not, and I'm I'm much appreciative. Yeah, of that. well, especially now, <laughs> honestly, again the way that music is con mm -hmm. constructed, it it's not designed mm -hmm. to last that long. Um, it's... And I'm not, I'm not and I'm not saying anything bad about these artists at all because they're doing what they do mm -hmm. and that's what they do and that's cool. I'm I'm fine with that. It's just not my taste. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm not saying you know that. I'm saying it's awful for me, but it's good for somebody. Of course. And if that if that music that's out there now that I don't like, if that speaks to somebody though and it makes them happy, keeps them from you know doing something terrible or you know what I mean, mm -hmm. if it speaks to somebody in a good way, in a positive way, hey, more power to it, yeah. you know. But for me, I agree with you. The '90s is the last decade of of anything that I mean. Obviously, these these uh, the gold standards, right? Mm -hmm. The the old stand standards are going to come out with stuff, right? Metallica will come out with a couple more albums, of course, and you know they're great, um, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But when it comes to yeah, wow, that's a really good new sound. Mm, it's been slim pickings mm -hmm. in the last twenty years. Everything because people are honestly they're they're rehashing the eighties and nineties, even the stuff that's out because mm -hmm. the, oh, the yeah. weekend's new song is it's very eighties inspired like honestly yes. if you didn't if you didn't know better which and i want to say it like i'm i want to say it to be condescending but because obviously kids out now don't know di any different because they went around right it would be the same thing when when right. um in the 90s when sampling started becoming more prevalent and it's like mm -hmm. um you know it sounds new to me because it is new to me but my mom's like yeah this right. was this was popular when you know she was my age um mm -hmm. you know when she was a little girl right mm -hmm. it and they did redo songs that were from the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. for sure well, a large part of especially like hip-hop was was sampling um mm -hmm. the st uh, sampling the stuff that they grew up with right that's why g-funk became um so iconic because you were taking these songs and, and spinning it in a new way but those songs mm -hmm. were constructed to last um 
decades. Like G, um, one of right. the songs with G Funk, um, the Isley Brothers. Um, so, oh yeah. Um, oh shoot, Ice Cube in his song, like his song. You know, today was a good day, right? And it, it's the same mm-hmm. sample. That's the Isley Brothers, and there's really nothing that changes. Um, the only difference, of course, is Ice Ice Cube rapping over it because. Um, it's was it footsteps in the dark is the Izzy Brothers song okay. that's the original song um, and the Izzy Brothers are one highly regard highly regarded especially um, in uh, conversations about soul and R and B especially from the seventies mm-hmm. um, and the way that of course Dr Dre his ear for um, production. Um, and again, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, NWA members, all of them were kids. They were born in the 70s. They grew up listening right. to that. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having that having that talent um, and respinning it for the ni- for the 90s, what that did was one, well, you can argue with it, of course. I mean, it's up to it's your it's your opinion uh, ultimately because you're the one listening to it. But the way right. that they they explained it's like, well, one, it shows their appreciation for that music because they grew up listening to those songs. Two, it introduces those artists that they grew up listening to to the next generation, which would be millennials, um, in a way that is more accessible at the time. And because it was popular, um, it introduced uh, the Isley Brothers and um, members of NWA as they broke off and did their solo project to a to a wider audience, and usually when we say a wider audience, we mean a whiter audience. But whiter, yes. yeah, exactly. But then that mm-hmm. also um, makes them go, "Oh, I didn't know that song was sampled. Oh, this is the Isley Brothers. I can check them out." And that's how that's what, mm-hmm. how not even why, but how music breaks down barriers. That's how you oh, have sure. these kinds of conversations, which is why songs like Footsteps in the Dark or Today Was a Good Day or Rhythm Nation or Man in the Mirror Mm -hmm. transcend different boundaries. Now, here's the thing with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Only, it would seem, uh, those types of artists, hip-hop and R&B, are the only ones who are tasked with transcending boundaries. Have you noticed that? Yes. Mm. I have. See? Because they're the only ones that have the crossovers. Uh Uh-huh. And they're the only ones that evidently have to transcend race. That's so annoying. Mm-hmm. It's very irritating. But that speaks to, again, as we always talk about class, power and power structures and power dynamics. Absolutely. But anyway. Well, it, yeah, it happens that way in music, too. Mm-hmm. I want to mention one or two more things, and then I want to turn it over to you as far as, you know, what you... Because, uh, again, you, you were a, a, a child in the 1990s, and I was a grown-up. Mm-hmm. Um Sort of, <laughs> I guess biologically, biologically, I was a grown up. I do want to say, uh, in 1991, my favorite, absolute favorite Michael Jackson song came out, and that was "Do You Remember the Time?" Yeah, and I obviously, you know, the video is fantastic. You know, shout out to Eddie Murphy and all that, right? Uh-huh. But but the song itself, when it starts, like the first time I heard it, I was like, oh my god, that is so. <laughs> It's so it was so beautiful mm-hmm. to me. Just the 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 way that music sounds mm-hmm. was very beautiful to that, me. That's New Jack um, I really liked that. Teddy one. Riley, Teddy yes, Riley produced well, pretty much that entire album. Didn't he? Mm-hmm. Okay, because that that's that was just. Um, I do want to say um, 
I liked uh, a couple other songs. Like I liked um, Blind Melon's uh, No Rain. I love that song. I can't get enough of that song. I listen to that song almost every day now. I, I uh, know it if I heard also, it. Also, yeah, you would. I'm, I'm not going to sing that one. There's some songs <laughs> I'll sing, but I won't sing that one. Because, it's, because I can. If I was to do karaoke, I would do that song. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, and then um, let's see. The New Radicals, I love the song You Get What You Give. They had that in the movie with, um, oh shoot, and it, it was about air traffic controllers with John Cusack. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, You Get What You Give is a is a really good song. And Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover by Sophie B. Hawkins. <laughs> that one's awesome. I love that song too. And then, you know, two, two more one-hit wonders like um, Hippie Chick by Soho and... Uh, um, Groove is in the Heart by D-Light. Yes. That that I forgot really about cool. that song. I love that song. Yeah. Uh, it's it's wonderful. Uh, and then, let's see. I think um, when I was, the day I gave birth to my daughter, I drove myself to the, to the, um, I drove myself to, well, it wasn't Genesis yet. It was actually FOH across the street from McLaren Hospital in Flint before they built the big giant Genesis. Uh so she was born in a smaller hospital. But that day, I was listening to Black Hole Sun by Stone Temple Pilots, I think it is. Um, yeah, so I like that song. And then, yeah, most anything by Alice in Chains, especially Man in a Box. I do. I love that Black song. Hole I don't Sun. know what the... F- I you do? Oh, yeah, yeah, I love Black Hole I, I, there's Sun. There's something about it. I don't think that's... Uh, and, that's not Stone Temple Pilot. No. Is that is that Soundgarden? Soundgarden. Soundgarden, Yeah. Um, Allison Chains, I love Man in a Box, although I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Um, I don't understand all the lyrics. I'm going to have to Google those lyrics. <laughs> and yeah, it's taking me this long, but <laughs> I could not like it after I read the lyrics, so I don't know if <laughs> necessarily read the lyrics. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, uh, Smooth with Santana and Rob, what's his name, from Matchbox 20. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, that that song's really good, and yes, definitely my my favorite Metallica album, and most everybody's because it is you know radio friendly, and that would be the Black album. Okay. Um, and that's you know it's got Enter Sandman and all those on there, but um, I'd have to say um, I can't. I'm trying to think what my favorite thing would be in the '90s, you know, group or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me to decide. Uh, I like all the little one hit wonders, of course. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we should do an episode just on one-hit wonders, and it can be any decade, um, sure. you know, eighty, maybe just eighties, nineties for sure, you know. Uh, but I, you know, taking out like Metallica and stuff like that because those are just you know standards. Mm-hmm. They've been they've been around since you know eighties and stuff, right? Because they had several albums in the eighties and stuff. I'm gonna have to say probably for the nineties, my favorite that I would go to is is um probably tlc okay uh scrubs creep Mm -hmm. waterfalls you know all that that would probably be one of the ones that i would i would go to first um i think if somebody was to say hey you know pick some 90s stuff i think that would pop in my head first Mm -hmm. them or boys to men okay they have some of the best they have some of the best harmony and stuff ever. I love I'll Make Love to You. It's so fucking romantic. It gives me chills. <laughs> I like how people play and, that at their weddings. It's like, mm. oh my God. 
Why not? Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, end of the road is wonderful, also. Yes. Um, it just it does. That's just such a I don't know so, such a wonder. It gives me chills every time I hear it. Just you know them harmonizing and it's just wonderful. Um, so I think those two would definitely be the the groups that I would go to mm-hmm. the most for the 1990s if somebody was to to ask me to. Mm-hmm. You know. I'd agree. And that's yeah. um. Yeah, I like that. Other than my reactions, yeah. Other than my reactions to what you're gonna say, <laughs> uh, although, although I will say this, I do love some Belle Biv DeVoe Poison. I love that song so much, yeah. and it sounds so good on my car stereo. <laughs> <laughs> it does, and it doesn't it, sound yeah. old. So does Waterfalls. It doesn't sound old. No, like, New Jack Swing. A lot of these songs don't. Uh, a New Jack Swing era songs, mm-hmm. really, for the most part, they still hold up sonically. Um, oh yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh my and gosh, very much so. So much so that that's why Bruno very Mars so. um, did his homage to it with mm-hmm. um, "Tripping and Vanessa," which even in his chorus, he's like, "It doesn't make mm-hmm. no sense." Like, it, yeah, you're right, Bruno. It doesn't. I don't know what that means at all. But okay, <laughs> hey, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> your turn. My turn. I've I've kind of talked too much, so you you yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hear what you got, and then I'll the rest of mine will just be reactions to yours. Because <laughs> um, I know I forgot a bunch of stuff. Well, let's see. Um, anything Janet, of course. Anything. Oh, Janet. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, especially. I left her to you. <laughs> I wasn't gonna talk about Janet. <laughs> Any, because I want to leave it to yeah, you. Anything, Janet. Um, especially because the Rhythm Nation era was from 1989 to 1991, and then she mm-hmm. got all mm-hmm. sexy. Well, sexier. Oh hell in yeah, she 1993. did. 1993. She, she got real yeah, sexy. Though. So uh, those crop tops, ah, her hair up like yeah. that, and shit. Oh yeah. I mean, she's <laughs> telling you, you know. She's not going to stop just because people are walking around watching her and her lover. Like, wow. Okay, Janet. She's a grown up. Um, And that progressed through the 90s. Then the Velvet Rope came out in 97. 97, 98. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 97. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, definitely R&B was was the predominant sound um even in pop music in in the 90s mm-hmm. especially because of in mm-hmm. part because of uh new jack swing so a lot of the songs that yeah. came out um even in the pop sphere had um r&b uh influences so you had this is mm-hmm. why like mm-hmm. britney spears because she came out in 98 and christina aguilera came out in 99 mm-hmm. um uh, what's their face? In- Is it that late? I know, right? Uh, what's their name? In Sync and the Backstreet Boys. If you listen to mm-hmm. their earlier mm-hmm. albums, there is an R&B influence. Um, oh sure. Uh, Tony Braxton came out in nineteen ninety-two, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. three, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Um, and her first album, Six, she was. Three. I think I included her on on our talk about people who had. Um, multiple yes. hits. I think I included her because mm-hmm. um, her mm-hmm. first two albums, uh, Tony Braxton and Secrets, had at least six, um, yeah, six singles released. Nineteen ninety six, Unbreak My Heart. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Secrets came out in ninety six, and it was yeah, Unbreak Secret My Night. Heart. You're making me high. Um, how could an angel break my heart? Um, what was the other one? 
Um, and I don't want to sing another love song, baby. That one. I know the name of it, but that that yeah. song. Um, I love me some him like that. That album that was that is her biggest her biggest album her most successful. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, she she definitely the nineties was her decade. Um, yeah, as, as far as like her success um, is concerned, she still puts out music. Um, but also she's older now, so she doesn't get the same kind of push mm-hmm. that she did 25 years ago. Um, she's two years older than I am. See? Um, and she's fucking gorgeous. I'm I so mean, bad. right? Um, <laughs> Mariah Carey, of course, she came out in 1990. She debuted mm-hmm. in 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. when they talk about music, they always say that Mariah Carey uh, or the 90s is... is um, is the Mariah Carey decade because she had a number one hit every year between 1990 and 2000. She had a number one hit. Um, and then mm-hmm. even, um, I remember her and boys to men, the song that they did, the first song that they did together, that song was Which everywhere. Was uh, one sweet day. What was it? One sweet day. Oh yeah. I okay. remember that, right. that song got played every 20 minutes and you and the thing about it was because boys <laughs> to men's harmonies and her voice harmonizing mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. it never got old oh yeah Mm-mm. i heard it i was at work and i was looking up um like boys to men's greatest hits playlist or whatever and that song came on i was like i almost forgot about it and it still sounds pretty damn good <laughs> And it kind of took me mm-hmm. back to when, because that was that that was that year, nineteen ninety six, one of my favorite, well, my favorite year. But I remember that being a large part of it. That song was so popular that even in, my dad, um, he has um, his his thing is jazz. Um, mm-hmm. One of his albums. Oh, he'd get along with Liam, right? <laughs> one of his one of the albums, I forget who it was, but they did a rendition of that song, um, and mm-hmm. he liked he liked the jazz version of it, so he he was like. I've never heard this before. It's like, are you kidding? It's on the radio every 20 minutes. All the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that was that was a, a really big song. Um, let's see. What else? Like I said, anything Mariah Carey. Whitney Houston, she kind of, I want to say she reinvented mm-hmm. herself, but um, I'm Your Baby Tonight came out in 1990. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I forgot about mm-hmm. that one. And mm-hmm. so and Babyface was quite popular because he, he was he was still doing his his own thing, but he he definitely was a prominent producer because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, he produced Tony Braxton's um, albums at the time, um, and he produced "I'm Your Baby Tonight." Um, so there was that. There was uh, Michelle. I don't know if that's her real name or if it's just Michelle and she wanted to be fancy, but. Uh, <laughs> Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. There's something in my heart. I remember. It's kind of like. Like Chevrolet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But there's something in my heart. I remember hearing that a lot when uh, I was little. Um, So the boy bands and girl bands. And I think we Mm kind of tried to figure this out in in a previous episode when we did 80s music. Like, is there, what's the difference between boy bands or girl bands and groups, right? Because like Boys to Men isn't a boy band. Right, they're a group. Mm-mm. Right, TLC isn't yeah. really a girl band; they're a group. Right. I think it's. I think it's the number. Is it okay? Yeah, because because even Destiny's Child was a was a group, not was a, group, a not, not a girl, girl band. band. Hmm, okay. 
Yeah, because like yeah, the Spice Girls had five. Mm-hmm. S- S- I think it, I think it's gonna seven. be four or five. Yeah. I think you have to have minimum four or five for it to be like a a you know band. Hmm. Although. You know, band is a misnomer too because they're not fucking playing any instruments. Right. It's not like the go the Go Go's was a girl band. They play their fucking instruments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, whereas yeah, the so Beatles the were a boy be like band. A real group? But I mean, that's again. So they're they're called groups or bands, right? Yeah. But interesting. Again, I think it's number if mm. we're you know going off that because uh, yeah, because in sync, you know. Well, maybe that was the thing because bands do play their instruments and groups don't. And maybe yeah. they were just put in that category of boy band, girl band. I don't know. Well, at any rate. <laughs> I think it started. I think it started them calling it boy band because it's just that whole BB, the alliteration. Oh, well, maybe. You know, instead of boy group, yeah, the you know, girl group. Yeah, uh-huh. eh, maybe that's what it is. Okay. I think that's what it was because it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, they're not playing any instruments. They're just jumping around singing, you know, like mm-hmm. all these boy bands coming, you know, K-pop, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which true. those people... Are absolutely adorable. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute to look at. The androgyny of K-pop is so fascinating to me because it, it's reminiscent. Well, because it's reminiscent of the 1980s with like Duran Duran. Ah. Like my parents, my parents looking at Duran Duran, they're wearing all these ruffles and makeup, and they're hey, you know, they're all dressed like girls. <laughs> you know, and my parents looking at it going, okay, that's really okay, okay. You think that's sexy? Okay, all right. <laughs> they didn't judge, you know. And I'm not doing. The, I'm doing the same thing with K-pop. I'm not judging at all. I think the androgyny is really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like, is that is it girl or boy? Does it? I guess it doesn't really matter. But I mean, at they... the same time, it's like I'm kind of, you know, I'm really fascinated that people, you know, that that people are are are, you know. I'm I'm really kind of happy, but also you know uh, fascinated when people are sexually attracted to androgyny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's it, fascinating to me because that I, throws I, away I, all the norms. It's great, right? <laughs> well, and I don't. I mean, I'm not really versed in that um, in that culture, but I over the years I've heard different mm-hmm. things where it's like um, like gender roles are are diff are seen different or perceived different. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in Eastern be, culture, because Eastern culture is different than Western culture, so oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, just yeah, culturally so speaking, K-pop, are, tell me. yeah, like because uh, I have a lot of my students, you know, a lot of my girl students who are in eighth grade right now, so they're you know what fourteen something like mm-hmm. that. They love K-pop, and they're mm-hmm. they think those guys are the hottest thing on the planet, and that's cool. You know, I'm I'm yeah. not judging because I think it's like okay, yeah, you, you know. Different different generations find different things attractive, right? Mm-hmm. And in but, general, but right? Also, K-pop isn't new; it's making a resurgence. Just like right, exactly. Uh, it's EDM sure, made absolutely. a resurgence um, in the two thousands. EDM, like it. Like, I, I hate EDM. I know, right? Basically, <laughs> and then and then that, well, that compressor noise. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Waiting for the bass to drop. Uh, I like this. The Saturday Night Live had a had a skit about that. Waiting for the bass to drop, and it just keeps winding up, and everybody in the audience is like, ah, and keeps winding up, and finally the <laughs> DJ hits it, and everybody literally explodes. It's freaking hilarious. Because <laughs> Doug and I are like, yeah, that's not our thing, right? <laughs> we yeah. are so not waiting for that bass to drop. It's like uh, I like my bass to start out from the beginning, right? which is why I like Boys to Men mm-hmm. and you know TLC and stuff because their bass starts from the beginning, and I'm like, yes, right. I want to hear it the whole time um 
Oh, um, shit. <laughs> Prince, obviously. Yeah. Um, Diamonds kinda. and Pearls. I know. Well, mm. well, I know. In the '90s, it's when he he took a step back because he started battling with Warner Brothers, and then he became the symbol. Right. And but yeah. before that, um, and they're, they're they're okay. I mean, uh, Diamonds and Pearls is not my favorite. There's like two mm-hmm. or three songs on there that I'm okay with, but the rest of them are just kind of like, mm. Mm. I I'm I wasn't the biggest fan when he switched from Revolution to New Power Generation. It just mm-hmm. it wasn't. I I get it, a lot of it. Like, um, he does that before Alphabet Street, the song Alphabet Street, uh, Gra- Graffiti Bridge, mm-hmm. which is not the best, it's not his best. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, just as a segue, and I'll, I'll, I'll stop, I promise, doing all these, um, you know, digressions, but, so the other night, on my birthday, right, Friday, uh, I had Doug watch, uh, Under the Cherry Moon with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I did, I did forewarn him. I said, you have to sit through the whole thing and it's going to be terrible, but <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday. So you have to do it. And yeah, it's terrible. Cause I hadn't seen it in 20 years, but I, but I had watched that thing about a hundred times anyway, but just because it was Prince, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, it's not great. And, uh, but it's not, it's not the worst movie ever, um, that I've ever seen, but it's, it's, it's not great, but it, you mm-hmm. know. But it's it's still it's Prince, and I I absolutely am a huge fan of Jerome Benton. So Jerome Benton, so that was you know good. To, but watching Liam's face looking at me, and I'm like, say you know what? It's my birthday. Don't say anything. You can have looks on your faces that your face. That's fine, but don't say anything. <laughs> just the look on his face was just like. And I looked at him. I said, you know, this movie is not about the acting ability or inability. <laughs> it's it's about the music, right? And he's like, all right. All right. I was like, yeah, okay. So go away, because <laughs> this is Mama's birthday and it's my movie. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I hate to say that I, you know, because I am such a Prince fan. You know, him being my ultimate favorite, mm-hmm. obviously. I don't want to say, you know, that he peaked because a lot of his other stuff is so is actually musically better than 1999. Uh, because a lot of the stuff that did he did have in the '90s was musically better mm-hmm. than, um, but it wasn't. It was. It was. He was definitely at that point not trying to make anybody but himself happy. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes, mm, sometimes you gotta throw a fan a bone every. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You you, you kind of have to get something on the radio every now and then. Fan service, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's like, and he did recognize that. I saw in an interview, he did recognize that you have to do that at concerts. You know, you mm-hmm. can't play just your new shit because people aren't there necessarily to hear your new shit. You have to play Purple Rain, or you will be, you know, like murdered, stormed. Yes. Yeah. yeah, murdered. Yeah. It's kind of like if Jimmy Buffett were to ever try to get away from playing Margaritaville at a concert. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? People oh, go there for Margaritaville. It cracked me up. I watched this uh, concert of Foreigner, mm-hmm. and it was yeah, it was a good concert. Um, yeah, but it kept getting on my nerves because one one of the audience members, you can hear, hot blooded, mm-hmm. hot blooded, the whole <laughs> damn show. I and this is an hour and a half show. <laughs> I was like, girl, shut the hell that's, up. It, it's okay, one of their biggest songs. They will get to it. But yes, damn. they will get and they usually close with their biggest they, songs. And that's so, exactly that's what like, they did. That was the last song they played. 
That's I'm, that's the running joke about Leonard Skinner. That's the running joke about Leonard Skinner is people screaming, Freebird! My Freebird! So, like, and, and then uh, I told you that one time, people yelling at concerts, like, they can fucking hear you out of everybody else. Right. Plus the things in their ears, the goddamn drums behind them. You think they're going to hear you, but fine, scream your head off. But I was at a concert once, and this, again, this is my last time to digress. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I was at a concert with it was a Page Plant, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. Uh, gosh, I want to say it was like early two thousands or late nineteen nineties. And this guy, God, we were we were somewhere in Detroit. I think it was Joe Lewis Arena. And uh, some we were like in the nosebleed sections watching this concert, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy was sitting beside us, and he's screaming. At the top of his lungs, you know, Jimmy, Robert, you know, like they can hear him. And he's getting mad because they're not acknowledging him. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, you're in the nosebleeds. He can't fucking hear you. He knows. He can see me. I'm like, why do you think he can see you? He thought because we could see uh, Robert Plant on the Jumbotron that he could see us. (laughs) It's like, are you fucking kidding me? You moron. You fucking moron. <laughs> I just, just saying, people at concerts crack me up. Anyway, yes, Prince had some, but again, you know, there's like a few songs off those that are good. Mm-hmm. But as far as like complete album, well, not yeah. as much. Yeah. Um, you know, every they, song being a hit. The cycle of the album started to get shorter. Um, mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. started releasing fewer singles, um, but yeah. the singles would last mm-hmm. longer. Um, sometimes, sometimes, um, salt and pepper, they came out in the eighties, mm-hmm. but they really ah, hit their, they yeah. hit their stride in the nineties with, uh, Shoop and what a man. And I remember Shoop. that. Um, of course everybody, that is everyone's favorite song. Um, it, those two, uh, push it and Shoop. Oh, I love push it. Mm-hmm. Push, push it came out in 80, yes. mm, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, yeah, it was late, it was 1988, Shoop, I think. Yeah, Shoop came Shoop. out in 94, 95, 94. Yeah. Um, because I was in, oh, I, I was in second grade. I remember that because um, they had latchkey at the school that I was going mm-hmm. to, and they had cable. So in the morning, <laughs> we would watch MTV videos, um, mm-hmm. and this is how um, I learned that when they blank out certain words they're censoring cuss words because i thought something was wrong with the tv because we're watching it and so bug th- uh, bone thugs and harmony adorable. came out well bug bone That's thugs a- and harmony came out in, in the 90s yeah. um so thuggish ruggish bone was their their first song and you know i'm seven yeah um yeah. and so they're they're doing their song and the and the the tv kept cutting out and i'm going mm-hmm. Well, what's wrong with the TV? And I'm hitting the TV. I'm going, what the hell's going on with the TV? <laughs> and and the girl's like, one of the uh, older, because I, I was in second grade, I think. So mm-hmm. one of the older classmen, uh, she's like, they're cussing. I was like, oh, oh, that's what that is. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, you can't say that on TV. I, I didn't know. <laughs> so there was that. That's cute. Um, so of course, with Bone Thugs, we have Crossroads, uh, arguably their mm-hmm. biggest song. Um, that came out in '96. I remember that mm-hmm. the video kind of scared me because it's like the Angel of Death. It was like, oh, 
Yeah, that's some freaky shit. Uh, I don't think I ever saw that video. You've never seen Crossroads? I don't think so. What? Okay. I stopped watching MTV as soon as the real world came out, and I went, done. Oh, well, yeah, there's that. (laughs) You know, and again, and again, remember, I was also, you know, in 1994, I was 25. Ah. So there was a lot of stuff that I had stopped doing because, again, it changed. You know, music television was not music television anymore. True. Uh, and, you know, VHS um, was doing good as far as I'm concerned with behind the music. Mm-hmm. But I just, I never had, well, after I had my daughter, I didn't have much time to watch videos either. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, yeah. um, so I, I will look it up as soon as we're done. <laughs> yes. Well, there was that one. And then you mentioned earlier, Coolio, Gangsta's Paradise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his biggest song. There were others. Um um, and then, of course, there's Weird, Weird Al's Amish Paradise. Yes. Which the drama <laughs> with that. I mean, when I saw that the first time, because um, I think to yeah. promote that album, MTV had set it up where they would play the original video and then play his parody. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I remember watching because he did Eat It and Fat. And so they played Beat It and Bad. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. played... Um, uh, was um, he Well, his was... Gump, what was the other one? She's numb, she's numb, yeah. So they played that one. I remember that one. I remember yeah, so yeah, alternative yeah, yeah. rock. So they had grunge at the beginning of the decade, and then towards the yeah. middle of the decade, that kind of shifted into alternative rock where it was more yeah. associated with um college campuses and like college yeah, radio. Yeah. I do remember that. So like Flagpole Setta from Harvey Danger. I did like that song. <laughs> I just remember the been around the world and found that only stupid people are breeding. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Amen. Truth. <laughs> Truth being spoken. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so there was that. Um I was going somewhere with all of that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, Gangsta's Paradise. There was another one. Mm-hmm. Um oh anyway, yeah, yeah. Which so, I like that song. so yeah, with so there was Gangsta's Paradise they played, then they played Amish Paradise. And I mm-hmm. remember at the end of it, it was like, don't be vain and don't be whiny. Or else my brother, I may have to get made evil on your hiney. And I fell off the bed laughing my <laughs> ass off. <laughs> then come to find out years later in Behind the Music, Weird Al mm. was like, yeah, Coolio doesn't like me for doing that. <laughs> yeah. How funny. <laughs> Which, the thing is, is Weird Al... Because he's doing parodies, he doesn't have to ask for permission, but he does that as a courtesy. He's like, hey, you know, I'd like to do a parody of your song, but if you say if mm-hmm. you say no, then I won't do it, which is why he never did a Prince uh, right. parody. Yeah, Prince, um, Prince, now, uh, the, Prince didn't have all that great of a sense of humor a lot when it came to right. that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. other, <laughs> other than the Dave Chappelle sketch, because it was true, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> which Dave Chappelle sketch? With him as Prince. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so much so that Prince took Dave Chappelle's uh, uh, parody of him or impression of Mm -hmm. him and used that as the cover of his single for Breakfast Can Wait. That was hilarious. Okay. Because at the end of it, he's like, you know, you want some pancakes, bitches, right? And so he took (laughs) that, a clip of that, of him like holding the pancakes and use yeah. that as the as the cover art for Breakfast Can Wait. And, and they interview they interviewed Dave Chappelle about it. it's like, what am I gonna do? Sue him for me pretending to be him? Like, it, it, and it's Prince. Like, what you gonna do? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> you know, like, yeah, what are you going to do with what that? What you going to do? Um, so I mean, let's see. What was what was the other one? Um, of course, in the 90s, um, uh, Whitney Houston's version of I Will Always Love You. That yeah. was everywhere. Also, yeah, that's oh my god, yeah, it was. Th- that coupled with her rendition of the national anthem is really what propelled Whitney Houston to like the megastar status that she ended up attaining. It was those two mm-hmm. things because uh, her rendition of the national anthem actually charted on the Billboard Hot 100 because um, apparently people were that just damn that damn impressed. Uh, I mean, it is honestly if they if they just play that version. At sporting events, like fine, like honestly, nobody's gonna take a knee during a national anthem. Like it's fucking right. Houston, so you know it's <laughs> the one that everybody can agree with, evidently, because it was on the the Billboard mm-hmm. Hot 100. Everybody could agree. It's like, mm-hmm, if you're going to sing the national anthem, this is how you do it. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. So there's that, and then that coupled with her version of "I Will Always Love You." Um, that really just like shot her. She was already popular, but after those two things, yeah, it was yeah. Whitney. Whitney, as far as um, publicly, as far as her music was concerned, she could do no wrong. Obviously, we didn't know all the other stuff at the time because we didn't have that kind of access to her personal life in the 90s. That's the other thing in the 90s. Um, you started to see um, that the curtain kind of... Um, kind of disappear and then the seeds of it started mm-hmm. disappearing um in the 90s um but that's in reaction to generation x growing up during the vietnam era and and being mm-hmm. exposed to not only vietnam but then watergate so mm-hmm. growing up with that distrust oh and the whole conservative 80s stuff which with, is a reaction under reagan to the, and that's a reaction to the 70s mm-hmm. yes so um all of all of those things culminating during during Generation X's childhood. Now that those people are now content creators, as we call them today, mm-hmm. um, you're making movies talking about what goes on behind the scenes. This is why behind the music is so popular. This is why you have the way things are made or or um, behind the scenes of your favorite movies or TV shows or music videos, because it's it's getting to the um, getting to the the truth of the matter. But those seeds were planted in the 70s and 80s, but they started growing in the mm-hmm. 90s, definitely the late 80s in, in through the 90s. And then they came to fruition with mm-hmm. social media because now you have direct access to celebrities, which you did not have before, at least direct right. access to the extent that you can message them on social media and so on and so forth. You can do that mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you had to write them the the fan club letters. Mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm. that. I mm-hmm. I did that to, with men at work. I wrote the fan club letter. Right. Um, <laughs> if I had to pick my favorite ninety something, gosh, there's there's so many. I don't know if I could pick uh, my favorite because then there was even with with rap transitioning out of mm-hmm. gangster rap and becoming more um, more mainstream in the in the mid mm-hmm. to late nineties. Um, speaking of what hit wonders, there was uh, Skilo with I Wish or One mm-hmm. Wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a Oh, baller. yes. I, I remember that, that song. song. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is quintessential 90s. That for me. Sure. It's like, as soon as that comes on, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's, uh, I think it's Lil, I think it's Lil C's and Lil Kim with True. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I remember hearing that one a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Michael Jackson had Remember the Time um, mm, in Black or song. White at the beginning of the 90s. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With, in Jam, like that dangerous, that dangerous album. And yeah. then um, he had History, which was like a greatest hits. Well, the first disc was like the greatest hits. And then the second disc was because it was a it was a two disc uh, mm-hmm. uh, album. Um, mm-hmm. That one had Scream on it. And oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. So that was so that was a big deal. Yeah. You know, Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson, because, of course, mm-hmm. they they they're at at this point, they're at their Janet was like at her peak um, and hadn't really mm-hmm. come off of it yet because um, for her career being such a diehard fan looking at it, it's like her peak was during the 90s but again that's back or that's again the art the most arguable spot of like the greatest music like her with the rhythm nation mm-hmm. album the janet album and um and she's still in the public eye with like runaway and then scream you know she was yeah. she was at her peak in the 90s um and then slowly started to decline because it, it's a product life cycle, right? So she slowly started declining with the Velvet Rope and then All For You actually kind of propped her back up. And then, of course, Justin Crescent like ruined everything in 2004, but that's a separate in, or a separate uh, episode. Anyway, um, so Scream was a big deal. I remember uh, watching, like waiting for the, the video to premiere because this is also still at, at a time where... Um, Music videos were get, were treated like major events, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it premiered on MTV, VH1, and BET mm-hmm. at the same time, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, there was a uh, Tori Amos with one of us. That oh, was a big yeah. song of the nineties. Yeah, um, I was never a a big uh, Tori Amos fan. I, honestly. honestly, that's the one song that she has, <laughs> as far as like people know. Um, well, there's there's some things that I I, you know, I was gonna list and mention, you know, bands that that I I didn't always listen to, mm-hmm. that are still pretty famous from the '90s, like Collective Soul, Third Eye Blind, Corn, mm-hmm. <laughs> Lincoln Korn, Park, Nine yeah. Inch Nails. I was okay about about Corn. Uh, not not huge on Lincoln Park, although you know, very sad situation there. Did not like Nine Inch Nails. They I like Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, Lincoln Park. Did? I liked. Yeah. Oh wow. They were they were well started, but they had hits in the nineties. I did. I mean, they did that, that song with Evervescent or whatever. Also. Evanescence. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Blink, <laughs> and then Everclear. Everclear had a good song. Uh, Blink-182, Matchbox 20, of course. Creed, mm-hmm. ugh, I was not a big fan of Creed. Uh, Counting Crows. I did um, like Counting... I did like them. Pro- colorblind one, is... Yeah. 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 And one of my one of my favorite bands, I don't know why I didn't list them. <laughs> I guess because I don't, I don't always, but they, they were pretty much the 90s for sure. Absolutely, and that would be Faith No More. Okay. Uh, I love Faith No More. I have all their albums, and I ha- I go beyond that because I am obsessed with Mike Patton, uh, uh. who's a god, and <laughs> I have all his stuff from like Peeping Tom and Phantomas 
and Tomahawk and Mondokane, which are all the other bands that he has played in, as well as his his uh, his you know solo stuff, which would be Mondokane. But um, so I'm I'm not really sure. Well, that you missed be a bullet uh, to me. You missed uh, Mbop. You missed Hanson. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Because I remember, yeah. I remember that. Oh, mm. I also remember with One Hit Wonders. We'll save it for the One Hit Wonder episode. But I also remember mm. um, the the kind of like gimmicky songs of like, um, you know, who that is. That's just my baby daddy. I remember that. I remember. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, my cousin got that, and um, mm-hmm. she because and that was the other thing too. Living in in Flint, Michigan at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Flint always seemed to get the newest songs or the latest songs three to six months later. Yeah. So yeah, the radio stations weren't really yeah. um, because it's, technically it's a small town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they got things a little bit plus. You know, it it's it's um you know seen better days. True. <laughs> um, but it it was just funny because I would go to Georgia to visit mm-hmm. family. And it yeah. would be brand new to me, of course. And they're like, this song mm-hmm. is three months to six months old. Like, this song is old. It's played out. We moved on to something else. That and I'd come happens, back, but, yeah. But see, because uh, nobody else who lived in Flint seemed to go anywhere, at least this was my thinking as a kid, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was the cool kid because I got all the new music before everybody else. Because <laughs> you went to Georgia. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I made sure to at least remember that chorus. Oh. I made yeah. sure at least remember that chorus. <laughs> and so I come back singing yes. all the new stuff and I was like and they're like, Oh, like what song is that? Sometimes they would they would like kind of tease me or whatever. Because um, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, that's a stupid song or whatever. And then it would finally hit MTV, BET, VH1, and, and it finally hit the radio station. And then they're yeah. like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. when Hypnotize came out. Oh yeah. It took a minute for Hypnotize to get to Flint, but I had heard it um, at my grandmother's house because my, my mm-hmm. uncle mm-hmm. he lived with her at the time, and we would watch MTV, and so I made sure to because you couldn't get away from it. So mm-hmm. when the chorus came on, Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes mm-hmm. you wear just hypnotize me. I made sure mm-hmm. to remember that, and so when I got back to when school started. In 90... You create a dance for it and everything. That way, you're already like set. Right. I didn't go that far, but yeah, I was <laughs> I was singing it. I th- yeah, I remember mm-hmm, singing it before mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. everyone else. Um, yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. And, and of course, as a kid, you know, you think you're you think you're you're so special because you know it's like you got to jump on everybody else. You know, not looking yeah, back, it's well, like you know they could have did the same thing. They just didn't. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, before the internet, now it comes out and everybody has access to it at the same time, which yep. is very kind of nice in a way because it, it I, I again, I think it, it helps lend itself to, you know, people having more in common because mm-hmm. they've already heard that song too, to where it's like, hey, have you heard this song? And that mm-hmm. way it's not like a, oh, you've never heard that. And then you're looking down your nose at somebody, you know, whereas now everybody can get it and everybody has access to it. And I think that's, you know, I think that's great. Um, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- the, the internet only, you know has changed things but i don't know it has but the only the caveat to that is you have to know what to look for yeah, right you have to know it's there there's so to find it yeah much fucking stuff out there 
<laughs> There's so much stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. it's like yeah. we talked about before where TV used to be four channels and mm-hmm. now dear god I'll spend a whole night just looking at Netflix trying to decide what to fucking watch cuz there's exactly. too much on there to watch. Oh, but not only my Hulu, not only my Netflix but my Hulu, my Amazon Prime, my Disney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I HBO there's just Max, too much and all of it. Yeah. HBO Max. And the, it's like that with music too in a way. You're right. Yes. I don't know what to look for, but at the same time it's it's they're still telling me what to listen to, of course, because you know the powers that be are going to tell you that. But I do have the opportunity to break away from them telling me what I'm going to listen to. Meaning, it's not controlled just by what goes on the radio now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's so much more that you can explore. Like, Liz had some songs, and I don't even know who they're by, but I absolutely love them. Um, and I've listened, and she had them. Gosh, two thousand. 11 2012 but they're not stuff that played on the radio mm. and i don't know where she got them <laughs> but i love those songs and it just i don't know how she found them and she doesn't even remember how she found them and MySpace so it's like okay was a at in the beginning that's true, yeah MySpace, myspace was a good platform for um, that's how old we are i know right yeah, okay. hey, we are hey, so oh, old. We gotta do it. Okay, Zoomer. I'm kidding. Okay, Zoomer. Uh, yeah, right. They were like MySpace, and they probably vaguely from re- vaguely remember it. And they're like, oh yeah, that psh, you mm. you are. Liam old. does not know anything right. about MySpace. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do remember, um, bands. And, I liked and it, MySpace. I did for the music, like bands and, mm-hmm. and independent artists would send you friend requests mm-hmm. to just kind of get there their name mm-hmm. out there um and that that helped for for a few for a few bands um the problem of course or not really a problem but the challenge of course is that um because they're independent and they're getting the word of mouth but in mm-hmm. order to have the kind of success or the kind of presence and sustainability that you know they're accustomed to because this is still the this is um the last part of Generation X and now Millennials who are using this part of the platform, we're accustomed to seeing stardom through the MTV lens. That is super stardom for us. So if we want to get into the business, Mm -hmm. that's what we want to emulate. The problem is Mm -hmm. that's not attainable anymore because the industry and the powers that be that created that particular segment in the industry have shifted. So you're not going to have that same kind of recognition or that or again that sustainability if you don't have the machine behind you this is why taylor swift is still popular for the moment it won't last that long mm-hmm. though because she's 31 when she turns 35 they're not going <laughs> to give her the true. same and i'm not well saying that's that why shape. she hit it that's exactly. why she hit it so hard too she's not dumb i mean exactly. i don't know much about taylor swift but i'm pretty sure she's not dumb because she's hit it hard the last 10 years mm-hmm. like well, as in works- like she doesn't have an album coming out like every year yeah, well, and she she works for a label literally titled Big Machine Records. Like that's the whole point. Damn, it's a machine. <laughs> Katy Perry is Damn. the same way. The only difference is mm. Katy Perry lo- uh, latched onto a trend. That trend is now done. So she's struggling trying yeah. to find out, you know, where she fits in. Again, it's not mm. about talent or whether you like them or not. This is more from the business perspective and how these things work. Right. Yeah. If you like it or not is is your opinion. That's ultimately up to you. But mm-hmm. as far as the way that the industry works, when you turn 35 in this industry, especially if you're a woman, you do not get the same kind of promotion that you got at 25 no. or 15. No, it's, it's no, no, no. You got to 
you're you're on your own kind of right. with that. You gotta you and, gotta be Tina Turner. Right. Well <laughs> and even it Or and, Cher. And well, Tina, she had her resurgence in the eighties, um, mm-hmm. but she had a label behind her. And that also she told her yeah. story. Her story is a it mm, a unique situation. I put that in air yeah, quotes. That's um, true. Because of everything that she went through, plus yeah. she also had that base from being part of um, the Ike and Tina Turner review and stuff. That's so she true. still had that's her true. fans. Yeah, um, that's true. But I'm, I'm saying all that to say, when it came to independent artists um, or even people who were trying to have a resurgence and they used MySpace or the internet um, to put their music out there, mm-hmm. if they didn't have the powers that be behind yeah. them. Um, they would get, you know, word of mouth and word of mouth is good. Sure. But that doesn't translate into record sales or tour right? because you don't have, you don't have the the backing um, to facilitate that. It's the same thing now with um, people who, who become quote unquote famous on Instagram or social media. It's Mm -hmm, like you, mm -hmm. you have that following. You may have, you know, two, three or 8 million followers. Sure. You may have that. But that doesn't necessarily translate into record sales or um, ticket sales or That's a sustainable true. career. It doesn't. It can. I mean, there are some people, yeah, you you could point out uh, this person or that person. Sure. I mean, the Kardashians are famous simply for being famous. But the Kardashians yeah. are also famous because of their father's um, tie to the um, the O.J. Mm-hmm. Simpson trial. O.J. Simpson. Like, mm-hmm. And their it. stepdad. Her, um, their stepdad yeah. being uh, yeah, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, right? But they're still famous for being famous, right? Like, right? Oh, exactly. well, that's what Prince, Prince, like the Hilton. Well, and the Hiltons, yeah. But that's what Prince had said because when uh he he invited Kim Kardashian on, oh, yeah. on his stage well, on one of his shows, and then kicked it, kicked her off. It's like, girl, what are you doing? Get and the he's fuck like, off I the don't stage! Get it. Yeah, it's like get off my stage. And he's like, I don't understand what the appeal is. Like, yeah, she's beautiful mm-hmm. and all, but. Uh, she so has it was no about a bajillion talent. other people. Yeah. Yeah, it was like she has yeah. no discernible talent. She can't sing. She mm-hmm. can't dance. I mean, like I don't understand. But whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah. We should probably wrap up soon. <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, <laughs> it's like an hour and a half again. Yeah. Well, because hey, if we hit the ninety-minute mark for the nineties uh, mm-hmm. uh, music, <laughs> I think that that's fitting, right? <laughs> I think um, so too. And we will by the time we're done wrapping it up because we never exactly. wrap up right when we wrap up. Of course. So okay, uh, I can't pick a favorite song of the '90s, but I, I you know, either. told you TLC, TLC Boys to Men, and I have to add Faith No More because, again, I'm you know they are my uh, go-to also for rock and roll of the '90s. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, what about you? Um, gosh. <laughs> Do we put um, Janet aside for Janet this one, aside. or well, okay, because okay. um, we all we know that's always going to be a go-to. Of course, uh, definitely uh, Tupac in, in Dr. Dre, California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Biggie's hypnotized. Tupac. Um, uh, oh shoot, why did I just have it? Now I'm thinking of California. Um, ah, shoot, keep your head up. That one. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorites. Crossroads from Bone, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, gosh, there's just there's so much. I know. Um, and that was the hard part with the '80s too. Remember? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's so much. I can't even narrow it down really to just like a specific mm-hmm. 
Janet aside, I can't narrow it down to a specific artist or or even a specific genre. Um, right. Because yeah, Jack, it starts with New Jack Swing, but it, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't this, end that. This is also in a time where MTV was still it was still playing music, but it was it was playing music from um, mostly mostly Europe, um, but even mm-hmm. South America. <laughs> And mm-hmm. some of the countries from the continent of Africa at the time. That was rare, but they mm-hmm. were doing it in the United yeah. States. Um, so th- there was just, there were, and this is post, you know, this is the fall of the Soviet Union. This is right. um, the Cold War is over. So you don't have like, this some is the really, economically good time. Yeah, yeah. You didn't economically have this, good you didn't have a villain. Administration. You didn't have anything right? to no. be afraid of. And then, and that's probably nope. why that's the last great decade. Cause you finally got through yeah. all of the bullshit. And actually uh, aside from internal issues, which you were, they were working towards, or at least talking about working mm-hmm, towards mm-hmm. in the 1990s. Um, you fun. can actually have There's time so to fun. enjoy some some of the stuff that was yeah. out there, and this is also when Mille- when Generation X comes of age, mm-hmm. because I I you know in 1989 I turned 20, mm-hmm. and so the 1990s are when Generation X is in their 20s, mm-hmm. and so we, we you know Generation X is coming out of you know relying on family right parents whatever being children, into freedom of adulthood. Um, before we have to buckle down and be in our 30s. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's also, you know, carrying through with a lot of the good feel of the 80s. Only now we don't have that uh, conservative, um, you know, stuff hanging over our heads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit even more open. There's, there's quite a few <laughs> songs that are open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well, censorship and, does become a thing because of, you know, Tipper Gore. Yes. As I spit her name out of my mouth, but at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time there was there was the the uh compromise of, you know, um putting a label on it, which mm-hmm. of course just made us want to buy them more because right, I want to so. hear, oh, that's got explicit lyrics. Fuck yeah. I want that album. <laughs> and so that was that was the best, you know, that was actually, so she, it actually kind of backfired for her. Usually uh, when they do that, that. It, it's it's like mm-hmm. when parents say you don't, don't sneak out of the house or don't, you know, oh, yeah. play with this kid or that kid. It's like, sure. well, now I got to yeah. do it just because you told me not especially, to. Especially because we're Americans. And from yeah. birth, we are told, we are taught not necessarily, you know, told it, but we are taught nobody tells me what to fucking do. Oh, yeah. You can't mm-hmm. tell me what to do. I mean, look, right now, right now, you have adults saying the government can't tell me what to do. How are their children not going to say, you can't tell me what to do? So, if you're going to tell me I can't listen to that, ah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, if you're going to tell me I can't listen to that because it's got explicit lyrics, oh, I'm going to fucking listen to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna find a way, and so that actually just boosted record sales once they stuck that explicit lyric sticker on it. Mm-hmm. I remember that too. I remember when they put that on there. Record stores back when they still had record stores. Record stores, <laughs> man, people were were running to the because now, now you knew the good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Before you weren't sure. You would look at it and go, "Huh, I wonder if I should buy that. I don't know." But now it's got an explicit lyric on it. Oh, it's got to be good. It's yeah, got to be it's good. Edgy. It's edgy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to hear him cuss, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so that that was uh, you know the decade of that too. And it was influenced too because that was part of the um, the sexual revolution in the nineties, mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. were talking. Mm-hmm. I mean, with Salt and Pepper, let's of, talk yeah. about sex. Right, because we came off of we came out of the the AIDS um, scare yep. of the nineteen eighties, and now mm-hmm. we know more about AIDS, and now you mm-hmm. know, hey, protection saves that, so let's get sexy again. <laughs> yeah, and oh, that was that was a large part of my childhood in the early nineties. Um, the, mm-hmm. the promotion using music as a promotional tool for safe yes. sex practices. Now, of course, as yep. a kid, I didn't understand what sex was yet, but um, a lot of the TLC when they came out, that's what they mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. they were promoting. That's why Absolutely. they had like the condoms on, like with the left mm-hmm. eye. She had a condom over her mm-hmm. left eye, and, um, and well, had... and it got led in by George Michael mm-hmm. with his mm-hmm. song "Sex." Yep, yep. So you know, which kind of moves into the '90s with that whole because he had that that new Jack sound also in that album, Faith. And and mm-hmm. ta- sex and freedom and all those songs have that same new jack sound mm-hmm. of the end of the eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. And so that leads into that too. Yeah, I love that album. <laughs> I think and that I guess maybe that's why the for the nineties the music stands out so much because there was mm-hmm. definitely a more socially conscious. Even you could mm-hmm. talk about yes. having fun and you could ha- and. You know, sex is fun and partying and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But there was always there was this. It seemed to be this concerted effort of, hey, mm-hmm. while we have your attention, yes, you can have fun, you can party with us. We're not telling you not to. We're not telling you you can't. Just remember to keep both eyes open, right? And you know what? It was it was Austin Powers that says it, because in the in the first movie, Austin Powers, International yes. Man of Mystery. <laughs> Dr. Evil talks about, you know, how the, the whole swinger generation didn't work out. And Austin Powers says, yeah, no, we, you know, we have, you know, the freedom and responsibility. It's a groovy time because it was, you know, 1998 or nine when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he talks about that, about how, you know, you have the same type of fun, but now there's responsibility to it. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're looking at it going, OK, I can have this fun, but make sure I do this and this and this to make sure that the fun is, you know still fun and still funky but i'm not going to die of aids and i'm not going to give it to that person either and that kind of stuff you know so that's Mm -hmm. no i think the 90s i i actually liked the 90s it was fun yeah i I missed the (laughs) 90s that when the 2000s kind of rolled around it was just kind of like well unfortunately the 2000s are marked by 9-11 so anything post 9-11 is just like well you know nobody wants to revisit that willingly um but up to that up to that point um, the 90s and, and the 90s and the year 2000 just was it seemed like an ongoing celebration mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I know in the 80s episode mm-hmm. we said the 80s was the party or the height the height of the party the 90s mm-hmm. was the hangover but mm-hmm. the hangover kind of subsided towards the middle of the 90s like mid 90s mm-hmm. you kind of came out of the fog and you're like okay we're good we're having fun that carried up through the up through the year of 2000 into 2001 until unfortunately September 11th yeah. happened, which of course is a yeah. whole nother thing. So yeah, we'll um, talk about some of the because yeah. yeah. yeah but that'll <laughs> well, be we should definitely wrap episode. up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, I had a good time researching yes. this one. Like I said, playing all those songs last night was you know was was fun. Um, I do one last thing. I forgot. ACDC came out with the the song Thunder, uh, in in the early 90s, and I just I had to you know the 90s? For, for a yeah, like 1990 wow. or 91. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, that that song Thunder. Uh, oh, Aerosmith. Thunder. I, I oh yeah, Aerosmith of 80s, course. But Aerosmith had their resurgence in the well, it started yeah. in the eighties, but they had their mm-hmm. real their biggest resurgence oh, yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's that's for sure. For sure. Shoe. What did I talk? I was gonna say that's for true. I think it's because I'm getting hung. No, I said for shoe, <laughs> which is even worse. For true is fine. For shoe is a, what? <laughs> I mean, no sense. I think I'm getting hungry. Plus, you know, I worked all day, so I'm like, <laughs> also. Whew. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up. Um, I want to, you know, uh, well, it's always easier when you just start with the music. It's just because <laughs> it segues into other things. So go ahead. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, thanks for listening. Um, we talked about 90s music and it was a great time reminiscing. Mm-hmm. So 90s mm-hmm. music actually influenced my music that you hear at the beginning of this uh, podcast. Yes. So the beginning song is called Roadblocks. Uh, and I think of that song. I just I was going to tell you this, Byron. I think of that song a lot because you know of uh, you know what those roadblocks are for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think about that all the time too. It's like, why do I keep putting up these roadblocks? So you know, <laughs> then your song goes through my head, and I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> you know, I'm trying to lose weight, and I keep throwing roadblocks in my my own way. You know, I keep self sabotaging, which are yep. you know roadblocks. To, and then yeah, then your song goes through my head. Now I'll be thinking of it all day. Which is the whole so, point of the song. This exactly. is why I love art, and why why you and I are best mm-hmm. friends because you get it exactly, exactly. Yep, exactly. <laughs> awesome. All right, so then the song at the end. The song at the end is the instrumental yeah. version of Square One, mm-hmm. um, which you can find on my debut album entitled Square One. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank it's, you. Again, also inspired music. by 1990s music. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll it'll get you it'll get you up and moving for sure. Yes. I love um, that album. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you can find that on Amazon, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, uh, social media, Facebook, all of that. So go ahead and give it a listen. Um, mm-hmm. Which also leads to uh, several songs are included on another podcast uh, entitled "Women Committing Crimes," hosted yep. by. Uh, not yours truly it, how do you say that if it's not yours truly would it be theirs truly hmm. <laughs> how do you do that i don't know yeah. is there a counterpart to that that's i'll know. have to look that up hers truly hmm. but it's me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> either way it's me <laughs> <laughs> it's me <laughs> Ooh, the title or subject for mm. another episode like mm, trying to figure out the english language like how does this yeah, work exactly, exactly? <laughs> mm, yeah. this work? anyway yeah. Um, yes. So yes, <laughs> you can hear the instrumental version mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. "Very Well I Know," which is the opening uh, music for "Women Committing Crimes," and the closing is the instrumental version of "Who." Who? Um, again, you can find those two songs on "Women Committing Crimes," hosted by uh, Miss Tammy Chase, and Me? you can hear those songs again on social media, YouTube, Spotify, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So go ahead and give it a listen. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yes, and um, that podcast is Women Committing Crimes, I, where I talk about you know various women and various crimes that they have committed. Uh, recently, it was Sandra Smith, who was um, in South Africa, and she and her boyfriend killed this teenage girl. Coming up will be uh, Chelsea O'Malley, and, or oh. Omoni, Mohoni? I don't know. I don't remember her name. <laughs> I'll edit this out. <laughs> I'll edit that shit out. Anyway, Chelsea 
O'Mahony. Um, and th she's a teenage killer, so that one should be quite interesting also. Um, and if you're, if you're interested in podcasts, I have two others I'd like to mention. One is This Is Why You're Wrong with Stephen Everett. I remembered his name this time. <laughs> Stephen Everett, John DeBruin, and Alex Alcantar, where they make lists about different things, uh, whether it's, you know, from, um, let's see, uh, their top 10 favorite science fiction books to the top 10 favorite prehistoric animals i know that's weird but that's 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 the that's the podcast it's weird um but it's fun uh and then you know give it a listen and see if uh, their lists match yours they argue why their list is superior mm, kind of in a passive you're right kind of way <laughs> um the other podcast i want to mention is uh, by the comedian dan cummins it's called time suck if you're if you are interested in like you know some of the artists that we talked about, he has a time suck about uh, Biggie and Tupac, um, mm. so it's 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 a really a a good a good um, he he explains you know about their lives and their influences and their deaths of course right, mm. uh, so um, I do recommend you listening to that, um, and then let's see. Anything else that we need to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, they, we have to have them email us. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> I'm fucking forgiving that. Oh, all right. Email us at offkilternofilter at yahoo.com. You say it, Byron. <laughs> Please email us at offkilternofilter at yahoo.com. No, no caps, no spaces, all one word. Um, exactly. Email us your your favorite 1990s song group. What we what, what did we forget? I know we forgot somebody. So tell us who we forgot. Um, thank you to Doug for doing our art. Yes, yes, um, yes. There's and... two other ways you can communicate with us too. We yes. have a Twitter. It's at No Kilter, and then we also have a Facebook group, Off Kilter No Filter Facebook group. So join those. Um, follow us on on Twitter and join us on the Facebook group. Uh, we up. I love up. My God. My tongue decided to just, I don't know, do whatever it was going to do. I upload the episodes on Thursdays. In fact, today, when I'm done recording this, I'm going to upload um, this week's episode, which is First Jobs. Uh, and that, right? Yes. Yes. And, <laughs> and that, we had a guest um, a guest with us for that one. We had Liam Watson, who has his first job right now. So that it's uh, had a good time with that one. Um, so, yeah, uh, join us at any of those. And yes, yeah, thank you to my husband for the graphics. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I think we're good. We've taken the trip um, to the nineties. Yeah. Uh, what, what didn't we decide what we what we what were we going to do next week? Then give them a heads up. We were going to do Um, I believe we were gonna do um, was it YouTube? Gonna, it wasn't YouTube. That's on the eighth. I think it's oh, we're gonna do female assassins. Female assassins. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna have to watch that video you sent. So yes, join us next week when we do female assassins. All that right. sounds terrible. When we talk about <laughs> female <laughs> assassins. <laughs> you know, I had a really hard time with, with women committing crimes when I talked about Heidi Fleiss because uh -huh. I said that too. <laughs> and she's a prostitute, so I was like, you know, hey, join me next week when I do Highly Fleiss. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we will talk about female assassins. Um, and that's, that's, the female assassins are like in, like, uh, are we talking like books, TVs, uh, movies, or just any, 
pop Any culture, yeah, pop yeah, culture, comic books, assassins. movie, okay. definitely, definitely okay. movies, of course, because um, you know, the female female assassin, uh, wow, now I can't talk, female assassin <laughs> visually, um, yeah. of course, yeah, is is depicted and has more of a of a staying um presence than the than the female assassin written. Usually, not always, yeah, obviously, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but we'll get into sure. that in that episode, so okay. we'll see you guys yes, there. Absolutely. I gotta do some research. <laughs> All right, then we will see you next week. Love y'all. Bye. All right, stay safe. Bye bye. <laughs>